Welcome to Camp Podcast Special Edition. I am pianist Migo, and I serve as president of the Contemporary Art Music Project, or CAMP. CAMP is an organization that promotes innovative art music and collaborates with composers and performing artists. One of many activities we do is our podcast series. Our hosts explore a wide range of topics from marginalized composers and the music history to current collaborations. CAMP is currently accepting acoustic works, electroacoustic works, and installation proposers for the annual festival Campground 23. Do you want your works to be performed by CAMP performing artists, to be choreographed by Tampa City Ballet, and to be displayed at Tampa-based gallery Tampa's Projects? Submit your work now. Go to www.contemporaryartmusicproject.org and learn more about Campground 23. Tonight, I am your host, and I am thrilled to talk with composer Robert Meckler, one of the three winners of Campground 22 commissioning competition. Robert teaches at Ohio University as assistant professor of composition and theory. Hi, Robert. Welcome, and thank you so much for being here and talking to me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, uh, just just real quick before we get into the interview, I'll, I'll uh, second the whole like campground. Um, please <laughs> apply to it. It was a fantastic festival. Um, honestly, it was one of the best uh, new music festivals I've been to in a long, long time. I mean, uh, Yunmi, you you got together a just all star um, list of performers and. Uh, a, almost all of them are coming back. So it, I know that this year's festival is going to be another really, really great one. So if you are a composer out there, apply. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we're yeah. very excited. Yeah. Well, we can start with an icebreaker question. And it's always great to know um, about our guest uh, personally. Um, so mm -hmm. I would like to know, you know, how you became a musician and who really influenced you musically in your life when you grew up and why composer? <laughs> yeah, so um, I didn't, I, I wouldn't say I, I came from a musical family per se. I mean, you know, we, we definitely had uh, the, classical music was uh playing on you know the the record player or or the sound system a, a, quite a bit uh my mother was uh a pianist at one time i mean she was a mm -hmm. she was a first grade school teacher for 35 years so she mostly like played piano when she was younger we had a piano in the house and i would say like around maybe 13 years old, I found her acoustic guitar that she had like from the 60s up in the attic. And that's kind of like, that was my in to to music because that was right around the time where I was like starting to get into a lot of rock bands and stuff. And, mm. and like I found this, found this old guitar in the attic and, um, you know, started to, to mess around with it and mm -hmm. asked my parents like, oh, this is great, but I want an electric guitar. And they were like, yeah, why don't you take lessons on this first? <laughs> and then we can think about, then we can think about getting you, you know, something, something else. So I did, 
you know, I, I got guitar lessons, um, from this, this shop that was, uh, this music shop that was pretty close to my house and, you know, just obviously showed enough of an interest and, and, and that's kind of where music started for me was, um, wanting to, you know, just, <laughs> just be like, be a rock star, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, clearly that didn't happen. Um, but, uh, that was also the, the beginning of me starting to write music, you know, um, like I, I think I got into playing guitar so I could, you know, uh, play the songs that I was listening to at that time. That would have been like Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins, mm-hmm. um, uh, Metallica, stuff, stuff like that. But um, it was also in that like real that sweet spot between like middle school, high school. I was writing poetry and I started to write you know, music to the poetry and started to write mm-hmm. songs. So that's, you know, the, the guitar was uh, kind of the, the beginner of both being a musician and, uh, and being creative with music in a way. Um, it, I, I didn't start playing a, like, uh, a classical instrument um, until uh, my sophomore year in high school where I wanted to, uh, I wanted to join the jazz band at school to play guitar. And, you know, several Mm. of my friends were in it and they were like, oh, you should, you know, come, come join the jazz band. So I talked to the, um, the band director, um, his name, uh, was Robert Haddad. And, um, he said, well, you know, if you, if you're going to be in the jazz band, you have to also be in the concert band. That's the way it works. Can you play anything? And I said, no, I can play guitar. And he's like, here are some (laughs) drumsticks. Uh, so <laughs> that's how I, that's how I became a percussionist and being a percussionist was what kind of let th- that is what opened the door to being a professional musician, you know, cause that's what I was, that's, that was my instrument in undergrad. And I, pl- I played a lot of percussion music in my master's degree and, uh, learning percussion also kind of opened the door to starting to learn piano at, at some point. So it was, mm-hmm. it was like that, that, you know, guitar was, Guitar opened the door, but percussion allowed me to walk through it. Um, so, and, and to answer your your last question, uh, why why composition? You know, why didn't you know just keep keep being a performer or or something mm-hmm. like that? Um, it was my band director. Uh, he was he was also he was like the band director and orchestra director at the at the school. His main instrument was uh, viola and violin. He also played mm. clarinet. So, um, he, he could do both roles really well. Uh, he, because of that, it, you know, and he basically, I, I started to take lessons, um, in, in classical percussion at some point, you know, get, (laughs) make me a little bit better, Mm -hmm. you know, just, Oh, hand a guitarist a pair of sticks and see how it works. Um, (laughs) it's probably not going to be good, but, uh, I, I started to get pretty good at percussion and it was clear, like I needed to kind of move up uh, to, to a different teacher at that point. And I started studying with, um, there was just this connection that allowed me to get in touch with the Toledo symphonies, um, uh, president and, uh, CEO and also former timpanist at the time, uh, Robert Bell. So I started taking lessons with Robert Bell instead of paying him for the lessons. He just Mm -hmm. required that like, Oh, you should just come to the symphony. Like you just buy season tickets to the symphony and we'll give you this insanely discounted rate. 
um, you and your family just come to the symphony. And that was like, that was definitely a huge part of my early education was just going to symphony concerts in lieu of like paying him uh, for, for lessons. So anyway, um, during my senior year, uh, my band, prof- uh, band teacher, Robert Haddad, he, unfortunately he died very prematurely. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I, I went, uh, I think it was after it was the night of his funeral. We went to the funeral and I came home that night and I had already been kind of messing around with a notation software, kind of writing stuff that kind of sounded like film music. Um, but uh, I went home that night and composed a piece for uh, our combined band and orchestra in memory of him. Uh, we we perform it on his memorial concert, which was actually my first like public um, performance of anything. And my my teacher Robert Bell of the Toledo Symphony he he comes with uh, the artistic director Merwin Sue. And uh, they listened to the piece and it just so happened the next year was the Toledo Symphony's 60th um, anniversary season. They were commissioning local composers to write 60 measure fanfares and they Mm -hmm. asked me to do one of them. I was the youngest one to do it. So I like had a piece on a like a classics, you know, Toledo Symphony concert, um, a, a brand new piece. So that was like. That was kind of, I, I know that's like an insane introduction to composition, mm-hmm. but that's kind of what made it look very possible uh, to me mm-hmm. that, you know, like these, it gave me a, an early taste of success that, um, mm-hmm. you know, was a little bit contagious. And, and so my undergrad was actually in music education, but it was very clear to me that I wasn't really excited to be a band director. I wasn't excited to be an orchestra director. I wasn't really mm-hmm. excited to play my instrument even that much. I was mostly uh, just improvising and composing pieces for marimba and marimba with my friends. And and it was uh, it was at the end of my senior, well, the end of my junior year, beginning of my senior year, where I just decided like. I think I need to explore this composition thing a little bit further. Mm-hmm. And um, weirdly enough, uh, my would-be mother-in-law um, really encouraged me to like go for a master's mm-hmm. in composition. Usually that doesn't happen. Your mother-in-law isn't supposed to be the one that's like, yeah, don't get a job. Go further into that. <laughs> don't, support, don't support my daughter. Those aren't the things that a mother-in-law says. So um, she, she, was, she was very she was and and still is extremely supportive and like with all those factors kind of combined i think that's what like that's why composition seemed like yeah you should do this mm. well that's fascinating uh, yeah and it's so inspiring i think it it's so inspiring to a lot of young students you know you can you have this interest and it can take any kind of turn really and yeah, you, yeah, 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 all kinds of possibilities. Um, yeah, well, you mentioned a little bit about you know, you write uh, poets, um, poems, poetry, um, poems and poetry, and um, uh, obviously that you are interested in um, uh, this other kind of art forms and you know, other subjects and things. Um, and that also um, um, 
inspire you or to write music or you know interest you in musical way i guess so um um if you can talk about that a little bit more that would be great yeah absolutely so like um there there are definitely those composers out there that you know uh take all their inspiration from music you know like <laughs> they're or 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 even not only just music but maybe you know they're like inner inner like feelings and and thoughts and everything like that and for me that um that has never made a ton of sense uh for my creative practice um I'll, actually up until recently weirdly enough but um for a long time i was always looking outside of music to become inspired to write music and i've always um, I, I've described it a lot as like, I see the world with composer glasses, you know, like mm-hmm. you can be, you know, learning something about nature or looking at visual art and see something and, and it immediately, you know, kind of triggers a response in your musical brain like, oh, oh, you know, a connection is made and mm-hmm. you can you can see that thing or observe this phenomenon or whatever, and immediately get a musical idea from it. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing for a long time. Um, my my dissertation uh, orchestra piece uh, from when I was at Rice University was inspired by the concept of mimicry in um, uh, plants and animals. Um, that how you know certain butterflies uh, through evolution will change their um, what's called their warning colors, um, the like patterns on their wings um, to mimic, you know, if, if they are a harmless butterfly, they will mimic a like poisonous butterfly so that birds will leave them alone. Or there's also this octopus um, called the mimic octopus that can uh, change its uh, change its shape, change its patterns. Um, to mimic, you know, a poisonous sea snake or, you know, uh, some a, uh, a lionfish or something like that. So as I was learning about all of these, um, th- this concept of mimicry in the animal world, this immediately suggested like um, some musical ideas as well. So you know, that piece is called, uh, that orchestra piece is called Warning Colors. So you know, I, I, have a, I have a lot of different pieces that are expi- inspired by like animals or plants or the natural mm-hmm. world or, you know, even, um, you know, other other poetry or, or something like that. It's um, I don't know why, but like I, I'm just I'm not one of those composers that looks inward for musical ideas. I'm always looking outward for them. So um, like the the piece that was on uh, campground this past year, Flora. Right is yeah. is another one of those pieces um mm-hmm. you know so it's a uh it's a saxophone duet that i wrote for uh the deco ensemble um they're uh from fredonia uh new york and it i got in touch uh with them because of my association with the adjective new music uh composer collective i'm i'm in that collective and i also uh do the lexical tone uh, lexical tones podcast uh, that comes out from Adjective New Music. And um, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic in, you know, March 2020. All of our performances were canceled. Um, you know, who knows when live music was going to come back again. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, like, I had a really, really good spring of 2020 planned out. Like I was, <laughs> I was in like five or six more festivals after March, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, of course all of them were canceled. And, um, yeah. you know, it was, it was a very depressing time. Like I had a piece mm-hmm. that I was working on for flute quartet. I just kind of stopped because I was like, what's the point, you know, mm-hmm. when is this ever going to get actually get performed? And, um, it was then that Deco, they were putting on these like online lunchtime concerts, maybe just like 30 minutes from their house on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a saxophone duo they were, uh, they, you know, there's certainly some rep out there, but they wanted to add to their specific repertoire. And they contacted uh, Jamie Lee Sampson and Andrew Martin Smith of uh, the co, uh, co-owners of Adjective. Uh, they're, they're all, all, all of them are very good friends. And um, just said like, hey, does any of, do any of the Adjective uh, composers want to write for us for these like kind of um, online concerts? And I was like, yes. Absolutely. Because this has a tangible deadline and it is going to have a premiere. It's, Mm -hmm. it's really hard for me to write something just kind of on spec, you know, like Mm -hmm. not knowing if it's ever going to be performed. Um, So, uh, and it's also really, really hard for me to not write for people that I actually know. And um, Mm -hmm. so so Jacob, uh, Jacob Swanson and Sarah Marchitelli, they're um, uh, the, of the Deco Ensemble. They're a married couple. Uh, we got on a Zoom and we just kind of started talking about ideas. And um, yeah, that was, that was kind of the beginning of this piece, Flora. And um, we had talked about like, you know, I kind of want to do miniatures. That seems like kind of low stress. Um, you know, I can just, each one is it's, I only need to have one idea. I don't need to put a lot of pressure on myself considering, you know, the immense pressure we were all under, uh, in March and April of 2020, like just complete uncertainty of what was going to happen in the world and Mm -hmm. everything like that. So, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to do miniatures. I'm thinking like six, I have done, um, many different pieces of miniatures. I love the miniature format. Um, but with all of my other miniature pieces, there's always some kind of concept that holds them all together. Like I have a piece for solo piano called Desert Miniatures, and it's like different kind of ideas or scenes from the desert when I lived there, when I was going to the University of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another, I have a piece for like a mixed ensemble, which is just called Five Miniatures, which is all based on certain lines um, from Allen Ginsberg's poem, uh, Howl. And, um, you know, other, other ones too. So I was like, okay, I need to have something that pulls this all together. So at the time, uh, my then, uh, my oldest daughter, who's now eight and in third grade, she was in kindergarten and they had just switched to going to kindergarten online. You can imagine how much of a nightmare Mm. kindergarten online (laughs) is. Um, and she had to do this, like, she had to do this art thing, uh, the, the, this like little art project where um, she had to watch some videos about uh, color theory. And mm. one of the videos was like an OK Go music video where they do all kinds of like crazy colors. And it was it was, it was awesome. And um, 
I was just like doing, you know, helping her with it and and doing it with her. And I was like, oh, okay, well, color theory. I thought I was going to have six miniatures and they're, you know, three primary and three secondary um, colors. Like that's something. Um, But like it wasn't enough. Um, So uh, my wife, ever since we moved back to the States, um, having been in China for four years before we got back here, Mm -hmm. um, she has like filled our house with plants and mm. she she has just become like so interested in like finding these crazy plants and like propagating them and and everything and like I was just kind of like meandering around the house not knowing what to do because it's like you know what can you do we're stuck at home and I was just like looking at a lot of these plants and I was like hmm hmm there's something um, so I just started researching like red like. Plants with red flowers, plants with Mm -hmm. blue flowers, you know, something like that. And I found like the most interesting ones to me and Mm -hmm. used the like characteristics of each plant or the, um, you know, the, the, the image of each plant or like how they grow or, or even in one case, like one, the third movement is called uh, the bird of paradise, Mm -hmm. um, it, it's it's a plant that is named after it. I mean, it looks like birds of paradise. So I like uh, found different birds of paradise used used their bird calls as musical material, and the entire movement is like basically made up of different birds of paradise bird calls. So mm-hmm. um, it was just a really fun piece to do because um, it wasn't a lot of pressure. It had an actual performance. And um, I, I wasn't trying to like, uh, you know, break new ground uh, compositionally for myself. I was just like, I'm just going to do stuff that I've done before. It doesn't have to have like some big overarching theoretical statement that I'm making or anything like that. So um, yeah, it was it was just a fun piece. And then they performed it several many times online. And uh, yeah, they it, it's. Uh, it's finally starting to kind of get out into the world. And, you know, mm-hmm. on the, uh, on campground, uh, mm-hmm. Doug O'Connor and Catherine Weintraub, you know, they just, they just absolutely nailed it. It was a phenomenal performance. And they're actually the first duo to perform the piece other than, uh, other than Jake and Sarah, mm-hmm. uh, in Deco. So, so yeah, it was like, yeah, it was, it was great. I can't stress enough how much composers should apply to campground. Seriously. Like I was, I was so, so impressed with that, that festival. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, I mean, you know, um, probably uh, um, having not much pressure and just uh, do whatever you want to do with music that um, uh, produces the best outcome. I mean, we when we heard the piece, we were absolutely in love, and that's why it's a winning piece of Campground 22. <laughs> so, um, well, let's listen to Flora. Um, here it's uh, performed by Deco Ensemble, uh, Jacob Swanson, and Sarah Marchitelli. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. 
Thank you.
There's new premiere coming up uh, with your new work because uh, we commissioned a piece uh, from you for uh, saxophone, piano, and voice. Uh, and my body cells keep ticking. Um, and it's uh, we're going to premiere this October 7th um, at the USF Concert Hall with um, other winning pieces, including uh, Dorothy Heinemann's piece, um, and John Pedro Oliveira, and there are um, also other composers' works on that program. Um, 
So obviously, I'm very curious about this work because I'm going to perform. And I started <laughs> uh, practicing, and it's great. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. So, uh, awesome. What did you really? What's what? What's your inspiration for this? And obviously, there's this uh, poetry. Yeah. Um, so the poet of the work is Alex Ann Shaw. Um, way back when I was a master's student, um, I wrote my first set of art songs. And my professor at the time, um, I, I, I was worried because I was like, I chose some Sylvia Plath poetry. And I was like, is this okay? Mm -hmm. Like, this isn't, this is still under copyright. And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, it wasn't <laughs> fine. Uh, <laughs> and you know, I try, I tried to get it performed again and like actually with permission of the Sylvia Plath foundation, they were like, mm. no, you shouldn't have done it in the first place. What are you thinking? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's good advice. Um, so ever since then I made it my mission to like, you know, I'm only going to work with living poets and, mm. um, it was, I was doing another uh, set of songs in uh, the first year of my doctorate. And I just kind of went online to, um, I can't even remember what the website was anymore, but I, f like, I was going through a lot of poets and I found this, uh, this poem by um, Alex Ann Shaw and it just completely transfixed me. She has, mm -hmm. and, and as such, uh, we have done, I don't know. I think this might be the eighth piece we've done together. Mm. Um, because I've once I found her, I was like, yeah, I'm done. Good. I don't need to look at other poets because she <laughs> and like I I love, love her poetry. She her her poetry has this edge to it. Um, it's simultaneously uh exquisitely beautiful. Um it's economical and also it toes this line between um just abject beauty and almost horrifying imagery uh sometimes like i i did this piece with her called uh, now our grief is put away for um soprano and electronics and it it the poetry uh, is about the tsunami that hit Thailand uh, like Christmas Day of uh, 2004. And it is some about that, but it's also about how she went to Thailand to like help with the relief effort and was building houses and, and you know, like learning, learning different parts about Thai culture and, and learning how like the Thai mafia had put up this... Uh, um, like barbed wire, razor wire fence um, to like take land away from um, the the rightful owners of the land. And it was that razor wire fence that when the water was coming rushing in, people were getting slammed against it and just cut apart. Mm. And, wow. you know, like she, she talks about that um, uh, experience, you know, learning about this and the line in the poetry is uh, on a razor wire fence, their bodies sliced like soap. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a horrifying image, but it's also like gorgeously written. And it, it's like, it really gets at, at an emotional core. So I just fell in love with her work. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, we've been, we've been collaborating for 12 years now, possibly more. Wow. 
Um, and um, yeah, so when when uh, the commission came up and, you know, you said, uh, well, you can choose from this uh, instrumentation. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, Jamie Jordan sang uh, Now mm-hmm. Our Grief Is Put Away. She's sung it on uh, several different festivals and um, she's she's just been, you know, uh, an amazing collaborator mm-hmm. and performer for, for years. So I was like, Oh, well you have Jamie Jordan. I want to write for Jamie again. <laughs> um, you know, so, uh, and, and actually I, I wrote another piece for Jamie and, and, uh, her partner, Dan, um, that also used, um, Alex's, Alex's poetry. So it just mm-hmm. kind of made sense, uh, to, mm-hmm. to go back to Alex and to get some new stuff. So, um, yeah, I just kind of, I just kind of um, approached Alex and was like, "Hey, what do you have that's like brand new? Like, I've, you know, I've, you, she has three books out, and um, I've read pretty much everything, and I'm just kind of wondering, like, where are you right now?" And she sent me some stuff, and um, thematically, I started to see this, uh, this kind of weaving thread between some of some of her poetry. And, um, you know, it was, I interpreted it as like, um, kind of a reevaluation of self in, uh, like at, as, as we get older and a reevaluation of self in like, as our bodies age or as, um, as we kind of like navigate through like the social media landscape and like, you know, okay, well Mm -hmm. I put this, this public face out there, but is that public face me, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, those kinds of, uh, those kinds of like reevaluation, reevaluation of self later in life. And, you know, I'm as, uh, as my friend, Jamie Lee Sampson keeps reminding me, I'm approaching 40 Um, so, um, like, you know, we're, we're getting to that point where that reevaluation is starting to, starting to happen. And it just seemed like, uh, I, I've, I've always been drawn to Alex's work that is very descriptive of, you know, like that, that doesn't really look inward very much and which I was talking about at the very beginning, you know, like Mm -hmm. I don't usually look inward, but this was a this these poems was like hey this is something new this is something new that Mm -hmm. i'm i'm drawn to about her work and um it was it was really uh it was really exciting to kind of explore this the very first so it's uh three songs Mm -hmm. uh the very first one actually doesn't go into that topic at all it it kind of juxtaposes uh this this uh excerpt from a much longer poem of hers where she's talking about uh organisms for whom the concept of I doesn't really make sense. Like we're talking about how like trees and mosses and fungus and these organisms that uh, communicate with each other in these, in these networks of, you know, releasing uh, different uh, chemicals or, um, you know, uh, spawn, uh, different spore or something like that. And there's these like networks of organisms where they're not one. There, there is no I to these organisms. There is only a, a we, and that's, that is a concept that 
right now in our like uh, cultural and political discourse is maybe a bit foreign. You know, there is mm -hmm. so much emphasis on the eye mm -hmm. of of uh, our current reality where you you look at these other you know you look at these other organisms that don't have an eye that are only for uh that are only for the collective good and it's like hmm i wonder if we could learn anything from that um so it's like the the whole song cycle gets its name from the second song uh which which is called and my body cells keep ticking the first song is um uh, Adam's hovering or at what's it called? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's the problem. It's so new to me. I like, I, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's so new. It's something about like where, uh, where Adam's hover quivering, that's it. And mm -hmm. then, um, and then the last, the last one is just called, uh, dis, uh, disappear to sky. Um, mm -hmm. and it's got some really, really beautiful imagery, um, that, you know, where the first, where the first song is very abstract, the the last song is is very at the like human emotional level. Um, so yeah, it was it was really fun to just explore these topics um, musically and uh, and use Alex's uh, just phenomenal phenomenal text. And um, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I can wait to perform the whole thing and play with um, Jamie and Catherine. That's really exciting. Um, so, um, well, you actually mentioned uh, quite a few times um, um, the adjective new music composer collective. Um, so uh -huh. if you can tell us about the group and you've also served as a host of a podcast. Um, yep. For so yeah. yeah. So Adjective New Music um, was started as uh, primarily a publishing company, which it's still that's its main uh, function. Um, and to say publishing company is uh, it definitely publishes works of several of the composers in the collective, namely Andrew Martin Smith and Jamie Lee Sampson, but also it's a uh, a distribution hub for other composers, mostly in the mm -hmm. collective, who self-publish their works. Mm -hmm. So technically, I am I am self-published under the heading uh, process underway, and I distribute through Adjective New Music. Mm -hmm. um, so you can you can find uh, a bunch of my uh, you know a bunch of different pieces of mine on Adjective. You know, some are physical scores, some are digital score, some mm -hmm. have electronics, some are purely acoustic. But um, that's uh, that's how um, Adjective, the company, got started. Adjective, uh, Adjective New Music was started by Jamie and Andrew, I believe, when they were in grad school, mostly as a performing group. Um, they had like the Adjective Trio. Uh, the, Jamie Lee Sampson plays bassoon. Andrew Martin Smith plays clarinet, and I believe they had an oboist that they were performing under. And of course. Um, Composers should definitely know uh, Jamie Lee Sampson's uh, bassoon uh, multiphonic book. She has she has a an excellent mm -hmm. book that um, uh, that uh, gives you like a an, an enormous amount of uh, information about bassoon multiphonics, including fingerings and sound files and all that stuff. And she's working on 
she's working on other books about the bassoon and uh, in particular extended techniques. Um, but when they asked me to be an adjective, one of the original goals was to like, Hey, we're going to do like a blog and maybe a podcast. And I was like, I want to do podcasts. I call that right <laughs> now. Um, because at the time I was still living, uh, I was still living over in China and, um, I was feeling very disconnected from, uh, you know, my own generation of composers. I really mm -hmm. didn't know like who, who was doing what I was, even my friends, you know, I, I, I kind of like, you know, it was, it's difficult to stay in contact when you are literally 12 or 13 hours away from everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, I just decided like, that was how I was going to get back in touch with my, like mm. mute with my like composer friends and, and, uh, musician friends. So we started it, we started the podcast in, uh, I believe 2016, and um, the first interviews were just the first members of the podcast. And then I started to kind of go around to my other friends who uh, were composers that I wanted to interview. And at a certain point, I started like, well, OK, but what's the future of this? Like, I can only, you know, I only have so many friends that I can interview for mm -hmm. this. And um, it was actually pretty early on when I decided like, okay, I'm there. I, I'm going to have to do research. Like I'm going to have to find people that I want to talk mm -hmm. to for this. And, uh, I believe, uh, composer Amanda Fury was the very first like cold call I did, um, mm -hmm. to say like, Hey, I, 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 uh, found your music. I really like it. I'd love to talk to you about it. And, you know, she said yes. And, and, you know, we're at something like 183 episodes and, the major, the vast majority of the composers that I've spoken to, I've never met personally, um, mm -hmm. but it's been an excellent way for for me to kind of like find uh, new voices and 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 new composers that are doing some incredible stuff. I've mostly kept mm -hmm. it to you know like maybe my age plus ten years or minus ten mm -hmm. years because I'm really interested in finding those finding those people out there that you know they're they're too young to have had an article written about them they're too young mm -hmm. to had to have had a big like you know whatever about them and it's like they're doing really meaningful great work here people should know about it um mm -hmm. so it's like you know and it's a podcast it's a new music podcast i understand that no, no worlds are going to be changed by this but if even like you know a couple people say oh man i never i've never listened to them and they write really cool stuff and they're like really interesting to listen to like speak about their music um that was that was kind of always just the goal for the podcast was just to like meet cool people listen to cool music and have interesting conversations Great. And they're on SoundCloud, correct? And uh, adjective, you can find adjective. Yeah, you can find the Lexical Tones uh, podcast on uh, SoundCloud. You can also find it on Apple um, Podcasts or you Buckets. can find it on Stitcher. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Totally have to check that out. Uh, well, you um, are also a dedicated teacher. You're um, holding a teaching position at Ohio University. So um, how has been working with young students, young composers? And um, I wonder if you have any uh, wisdom you want to share with uh, younger generation of musicians. 
Yeah, so uh, this is the beginning of my sixth year at Ohio University. Um, mm -hmm. I actually just uh, pressed send on the you know the tenure uh, portfolio just uh, yesterday. Yeah, so um, <laughs> clearly I like it here, and I I would love to stay. Um, uh, it's it's been. Um, it's been really wonderful working with uh, uh, my composers here. Um, when I came in, uh, you know, we had maybe like nine or ten composers. Mm -hmm. In a couple of years, we we had doubled the studio uh, mm -hmm. in numbers, and um, we were starting to work with some really really excellent young composers. Um, one of whom uh, just got a just like he went through his master's at OU, he did a doctorate, and uh, now he's got his first like full-time teaching job at university, um, Ryan Seisky, you know. Just, yeah, right. Um, he's, you know, so we, like, I've, I've it's it's really fun to, to work with younger composers because, you know, I'm not trying to make little me's. You know, mm. I'm that that doesn't sound like fun at all. Of course, like I have things that I've been doing for years that can possibly benefit them. But at the end of the day, it's like when I'm working with composers, I want to like meet them where they're at and just try to make them better at what they're trying to do. Um, so so that's an aspect of uh you know, having a composition studio and working with young composers that I'm really proud of that my composers don't sound like me and they don't sound like each other either. They're, mm -hmm. they're each just trying to be the most original version of themselves mm -hmm. that they can be with me just kind of like, um, steering the ship a little bit and saying like, uh, actually it was in my doctorate when, uh, one of my professors, uh, it was, uh, going in for like an advising meeting. And he asked me at the very beginning of the doctorate, like, okay, for music history, what don't you know? And mm -hmm. I said, oh, well, I'm I, I barely know anything about opera. And he's like, great, you're going to take opera classes. And it's kind of the same way with my composers. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, what do you do? What do you do well? Oh, I do mm -hmm. this well. Great. We're going to learn the other stuff now because mm -hmm. I'm just going to like push you into the other stuff and especially for undergrads, it's so important to just like learn everything. You can figure out what mm -hmm. sticks later. You know, mm -hmm. you ask like, do I have any advice for like young uh, musicians or anything? Mm -hmm. That is the advice. Just learn mm -hmm. stuff. You, you never, you absolutely never know what is going to be useful later and what you can draw on that you didn't think, oh, I'm never going to use this. Well, uh, maybe you will. Right. You know, so right. it's like. <laughs> Just as as a student, don't worry about specializing too early. Don't worry about, you know, like, oh, well, I'm I'm 22 years old. I've already got to be like a video game composer or something mm -hmm. like that. It's like, no, just be mm -hmm. a composer. Just be a good composer first. Just be a good musician first. Like, that is the only goal. Music is a lifetime. I think that people get way too caught up on being successful immediately, landing that mm. whatever immediately. And it's like mm. the humanities, music, art, it is a it is a winding road. It is uncertain. And 
as a musician, as a composer, as a performer, you want to be able to have as many skills as humanly possible before you go mm -hmm. out into that world and have to rely solely on those skills. So it's like the, the composers that come to me and say, oh, I want to be a video game composer. It's like, great. That's a wonderful goal to have. Let's just make you good first. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, let's make you good at many different aspects of composing music or performing music or whatever, because you never know what you're going to have to rely on once you get out there. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, my own, my own story is case in point. I went to school for music education. I am not teaching band, uh, or mm -hmm. orchestra or general music, you know, like you never know how it's going to go. So like as a young person, just have a thirst for learning stuff just be excited about learning stuff. And yeah, it's going to be hard. And yeah, some days it's going to be like, I don't want to do this. I'm tired, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you can wake up more days than not, just like, yes, I get to learn. I get to learn something new about music. You'll be successful. Absolutely. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. Great. Well, thank you so much for, you know, um, all, all this and uh, talking to me and talking to our audience. Um, we usually uh, uh, close the show with uh, music. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think we can um, say bye now and then listen to your uh, piano and uh, electronic piece. It's fixed media, right? Piano with fixed media piece. Uh, it's actually or it's actually electronics. live electronics. The live electronics. Um, oh, cool! It's it's a lot of fixed media, but there are also live electronics. So I just I just call it piano and electronics. Okay, so piano and electronics. Bloom. It's performed by um, Justin Schneider. Thank you so much. Um, uh, again, yeah, and yeah, I'll see you in person actually very soon in October. Right? Yeah, yeah. Thank. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This was really fun. Thank you.
I'm excited to announce that um, as our podcast continues to explore a wide range of topics, we have decided to put all our series into one. Please make sure you're subscribed to Camp Podcast to make sure that you receive all, all what we have to offer from Lost Time and Play the Ink, Piano Talk, and beyond. Support us by donating. You can go to our website, www.contemporaryartmusicproject.org and simply click the donate button. Help us continue our podcast, festival, and other exciting projects. Thank you for listening. I will see you next time with more music. <laughs>